We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him, and I'm sure, like me, you've missed him. Zach Kelberman. Zach, dude. The cutting edge, the breaking news, the rumor mill, it's cranking out all kinds of stuff. We learned earlier this afternoon that the Broncos had indeed uh, not only booked an in-person interview with Sean Payton, but they are the first NFL team to do so, happening next Tuesday. But not long before we went live, over the last hour, some interesting developments because Jim Harbaugh has been postured since his two-hour-plus virtual meeting on Monday night with the Denver Broncos as the quote-unquote front-runner for the gig. There have been other sources, including at The Athletic, that said he's basically just going to take the first NFL job uh, that is offered him, uh, whether it's the Broncos or anybody. He just wants back to the NFL. Uh, And then you brought up something, a report on Sean Payton that puts him potentially as the front runner. Bring everybody up to speed on the on the very, very latest on the head coaching search. First of all, either I'm having an aneurysm or my camera's a little blurry. So if I am blurry, uh, I apologize to y'all out there. I'm exhausted, Chad, with the Broncos coaching search. Much like the uh, quarterback derby last year between Rodgers and Russ and all the rumors, it's really tiring keeping up with uh, everything coming out. I thought Jim Harbaugh, as of last night, when news broke, they were interviewing David Shaw. I thought that was like the Munchak interview in 2019, where it wasn't for a head coach, it was for a coordinator job. I thought David Shaw was going to be the OC under Jim Harbaugh. I thought it was a done deal. I was even predicting the Broncos would have a new head coach in place this time next week. But that got flipped on its ear in the last couple hours. The Michigan president tweeted that he's had fruitful and positive conversations with Jim Harbaugh, and he hopes he remains at Michigan. Um, Jim Harbaugh himself released a brief statement kind of uh, echoing the president's statement. Then you have a Michigan writer saying it's looking increasingly likely like Jim Harbaugh is staying at Michigan. And now, according to Mark uh, Maskey, I'm pretty sure mask, however you pronounce his name. He is the NFL reporter at large for the Washington post. So um, he has credibility for sure. He said the Broncos are the early front runner for Sean Payton early is the key word here because they haven't even had an interview yet. And Sean Payton still has his eye on other gigs out there, um, including Arizona and maybe even Dallas, depending on the result of their playoff game. But so far, according to, Maskey, according to that report, uh, Sean Payton likes the stable ownership of the Broncos, and he would have, this is the interesting part of that report, Chad, no issue, um, likes to, and happy to work with, I wanted to use the exact verbiage, he would be happy to work with Russell Wilson, which disputes another rumor we heard yesterday that you wrote up that Sean Payton is tentative or apprehensive about working with Russ. So again, it's completely exhausting, and we've just started. Yes, indeed. And Michaela jumping in. Thank you, Michaela. Israel in the house saying, I saw Sean Payton would be happy to work with Russ and the Broncos are the favorites, according to the Washington Post. Thank you, Michaela, for the super chat. You know, we love you. We got to hang out with you, too, uh, last fall at the MHH meet and greet, which was really fun. 
But let's uh, the the actual verbatim tweet from Mark Maskey quote: "The Broncos appear to be the front runner for Sean Payton at least in the early stages of the process. Payton likes the franchise's stable ownership and would be happy to work with Russell Wilson." Source says, "I've scoffed Zach at the notion that Russell Wilson." Uh, is some sort of liability in Denver's pursuit of a head coach, um, especially with how he punctuated the season. He took an alarming I'm, – I'm not going to stand up here, Zach, and say it wasn't an alarming overall body of work. It was. We were wringing our hands. We were gnashing our teeth. It was gnarly to see the depths of this dude's regression in his first year as a Bronco. We're talking 11th season, nine-time Pro Bowler, though, so let's not forget that. Then the cloud lifts. The coaching incompetence is blown out uh, of the Mile High City with, along with Nathaniel Hackett. And you see, actually, wait a minute. Russell Wilson, there's still something there. Didn't quite beat the Chiefs, but performed well and then performed very, very well in a victory to close things off. And I think for guys like Peyton, for guys like Jim Harbaugh, that's probably all they really needed to see, that there was still something there. But honestly, Zach, even if those two games hadn't happened, even if he had finished and punctuated the season in the same manner of which he basically executed throughout, I don't think that one outlier, I don't think that one season, considering his body of work, you want to talk consistency, you want to talk stability, I don't think that one season would be viewed as anything more than an outlier by these top coaches, especially guys who are of an offensive acumen. They know quarterbacks, they know offense. Uh, so it doesn't surprise me to hear this is our first report of how Sean Payton may or may not view Russell Wilson, that he would be happy to work with him. What's up, Mike? Good to see you, brother. Thank you for being with us in the stars. It has to be an outlier because, Chad, can you recall a nine-time Pro Bowler, former Super Bowl champion, a player of Russell Wilson's caliber automatically regressing in less than a year to a player that looks like he never took a snap in his life before? It has to be an outlier. It has to be the exception to the rule. And like we talked about at the finale, what better audition for Russell Wilson to have than arguably his best game on tape in Week 18? So um, if Sean Payton, he definitely made hey with Drew Brees they're two different types of quarterbacks I totally understand that but to have that in his uh, that feather in his cap to be the one that can resuscitate Russell Wilson and turn around the franchise I got to feel like for Sean Payton's ego that's speaking to him you know what else is speaking to him Chad the um, prospect of making about 20 million dollars a year and becoming the highest paid coach in history well said. David Wilder jumping in early with a super chat, a legendary figure, nay, a mythical figure in MHH. What's up, Dave? He says, good evening. I'm interested to know who the candidates would bring in as their coordinators. I hope Jerry Rosberg stays as an assistant. MHH for life, Denver Box for life. Thank you, David. I want to get into that. That's a nice segue. The, the idea of, you know, who would serve in the various coordinator positions for this coach, for that coach. Well, this is why, Zach, I do not believe what's happening right now with Michigan uh, trying to put in kind of a, an 11th hour push to retain Jim Harbaugh because the Broncos are far enough along with Harbaugh. And we heard the previous rumors and reports that after his interview, he was the front runner so far as to interview David Shaw. Now, look, David Shaw background with Harbaugh, the Stanford thing, a long tenured head coach for the Stanford Cardinal. Started out with a bang. His resume as, as the head coach at Stanford was phenomenal. Last four years, though, four consecutive years at Stanford, losing record. Uh, he's done at Stanford. Is there anything about that resume that you think resonates with a Greg Penner or a Rob Walton or even a George Payton as a head coach candidate? Don't make me laugh. That was an interview, even though the reports, including from Mike Cliss, saying this was, no, this was a head coach candidate interview. No, 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 no. This was let's get a sniff, let's get a look-see, because we asked Jim who his OC would be, and he said David Shaw. So you want to talk about putting us on the path, David Wilder? That's at least part a part answer for Jim Harbaugh. If it ends up, Zach, the pendulum swinging toward Jim Harbaugh and he ends up being the head coach, I could see in a plausible uh, reality for the Broncos, Jim Harbaugh head coach, David Shaw, offensive coordinator, possibly – possibly Jerry Rosberg as a special teams coordinator, and maybe even, it's looking like a long shot, but maybe even Ajiro Evero as defensive coordinator. Yeah, that was my dream staff under a Jim Harbaugh um, head coaching tenure. Um, 
the thing with Shaw, though, I don't profess to know every detail of Sanford's history, but I liken him to Vic Fangio in the sense that just because they've had bad records hasn't really changed the reputation around the league. And David Shaw, by all accounts, is a very well-respected NFL mind. He's a strong leader which is a word that Greg Penner and George Payton used in their year-end press conference as to who they want on their coaching staff. But I, I, I see through it as well. I don't think it was a head coaching interview. It was a lot like, like I said, Mike Munchak in 2019, or even last year when they interviewed Gerard Mayo for head coach, when that was pretty much maybe for a DC role or Aaron Glenn. What they also did uh, sneakily was fulfill the NFL's Rooney rule by interviewing two minority candidates on the same day. They had Shaw in yesterday and also Jim Caldwell. So now they're free to hire whoever they want with no uh, NFL prohibition uh, limiting them. But I, I would have liked the David Shaw, Jim Harbaugh setup, but I read on Twitter that David Shaw actually crossed paths and has history with Sean Payton as well. So you never really know. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shane Daniels, bro, this is a cat been with us a long time. I, I can't recall seeing the aviator in a minute, though. It's been a minute since we've seen Shane. So hope you've been well, big dog. Welcome back to the manger, homie. He says, hey, Chad and Zach, I'm on the Harbaugh or bust train. I want someone able to command a locker room. And that's something with Jim Harbaugh, Zach, that you, you can't really take away from him is rub some people the wrong way, but he's very much a no-nonsense kind of head coach cut straight to the quick uh it's like your son comes home from today for example uh son comes home end of term hey how was your grade in this class oh it was a d because my uh my uh teacher was out for two weeks wait a minute you're gonna blame your grade on the teacher or you're gonna take responsibility that was me you you gotta get to the to the quick of it you gotta confront the issue right away you can't let those things uh you know, continue to marinate or else it grows into something bad. And that's how Jim Harbaugh is. Plus, Zach, the other component here is that he's a guy who, if you look back at what he did with the Niners, well, Stanford, the Niners, and then even with Michigan, prioritize what? Before you saw the quarterback like Alex Smith get resurrected and turn the corner, in order for that to happen, Jim Harbaugh prioritized the basically the redevelopment of the offensive line, turning it into a massive linchpin for the whole offense, which then lifts up and protects the quarterback. And then from there, Zach, all things become possible. Yes. All those things sound really damn good right now if you're the Denver Broncos. Yeah, it's an excellent point. One thing about Michigan and Jim Harbaugh, whether he's been in college or the NFL, is really solid O-line play. Michigan won back-to-back years for having the best O-line in college football, and they've done so by just coaching up the players they have. These are not five-star blue chippers. These are you know mid-round talents at best. That's just what Jim Harbaugh brings to the table. But in terms of, like Shane said, commanding a locker room and him being difficult to work with, I want to give Nick a little credit 
I can't remember if it was on Broncos for Breakfast or one of the 20 shows he's on, but he said something along the lines of, which I echo wholeheartedly, I don't really care what the players want. If you wanted an easygoing coach who was everyone's friend, you shouldn't have gotten Nathaniel Hackett fired. You shouldn't have lost 12 games. Now it's time for wholesale change. You're getting the antithesis now of Nathaniel Hackett. You're getting a little more Vic Fangio than Hackett. But you know what? That's what they need. A kick in the ass, Chad. A fire lit under them. And who better than Jim Harbaugh? A winner wherever he's been. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Uh, real quick, guys, sorry for the delay there. I'm trying to <clears throat> tap my head and rub my belly at the same time. I wanted to, and we're going to do it right now, show you guys the updated pardon me, rankings on Super Chat for the month of January. Let everybody know, because what are we going to do? We're going to be raffling off a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. The only people in the running are those who contribute on Super Chat. We take the top five uh, cumulative at the end of the month. Their name's going to ha- randomly select. That person gets to choose what Broncos jersey is coming to them, and here's 12 days in to January. Here's your updated Super Chat rankings for the month of January 2023. You've got Ethan, a.k.a. the DWI guys, at the top at number one, F.A. at number two, Lady D, as she has become known in the MHH podcast lore, at number three, Naj Altoff, a legend, uh, at number four, Gary Palmer, another legend, dude. This guy is a swashbuckler at number five. And then we've got Luke Ellis, just a few of the names outside the top five. Chris Hernandez, legend, Coach Chris, David Kilgore, David McElrath. So there's your updated look at the Super Chat rankings for the month of January. Um, Taylor Christensen jumping in. Good to see you, brother. By the way, Taylor, thank you for the Super Chats, especially lately you, dude. You've been on fire. We really appreciate it. It helps us keep the lights on. I tried to find you on Twitter the other night uh, to tag you, as is customary with these shows, couldn't find you. So if you're on Twitter, follow, do one of these. You might already be following. Do one of these in our mentions. We'll follow back. Make sure we can stay in touch. Keep the conversation going. Taylor wants to know, Zach, who is the dark horse in the head coaching Ooh. search? Go Broncos. Because, look, I don't really believe there is a dark horse. Right. I believe the Walton Penners have already made up their minds. It's Harbaugh and or Peyton or bust. Not and. It's Harbaugh or Peyton or bust. And if they fall short, then we can start talking about dark horses. But I don't think they will because they command that which no other team, their resources, all right, are more than any other team on on the financial side. Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. Someone asked me today, Zach, who's your top three coaches? You know, I was like, Harbaugh, Peyton, who really cares after that? They're all the beats here. I, I mean, would Dan Quinn be better than Nathaniel Hackett? Yes, but that's not saying much. So would you or so would I, Chad. Nathaniel Hackett was that incompetent. Who really intrigues me from the the group of leftovers? A lot of people like Jim Caldwell. I'm not, he's too stoic for me. I like a coach with a little more personality and they will always be treading water, I feel like, under Jim Caldwell. A dark horse, I feel like, I know it's on a dark, like you can put it best. There's no dark horse in this race, but the guy that nobody's talking about because Harbaugh and Peyton are getting all the headlines is the guy they should have hired last year and Dan Quinn. I mean, really, that's George Payton's boy. He'll be a stabilizing force for the franchise, a very high-floor head coach. He can command a locker room. He'll have a rust-friendly offensive coordinator. That's the number three guy right now if they strike out on Harbaugh and Payton. Phil McLaughlin, I don't disagree with that, by the way. Phil McLaughlin, what's up, big dog? He says, this whole cycle is reminding me of last year. So it's not Payton. Wait, it's Harbaugh or vice versa. Go Broncos, MHH for life. Appreciate you, Phil. Indeed, that's the way these things typically go in the hiring cycles. And, you know, going all the way back to 2019, as Zach was reminiscing with the hiring cycle that concluded with Vic Fangio bringing up the rear, by the way. Remember this, Zach, we were being told all the reputable sources and one even uh, source that I had. It's Mike Munchak. They're going to hire Mike Munchak. Mike Munchak is going to be the guy to clean up Vance Joseph's mess. And then the Broncos decided, wait, let's just wait till after Sunday. Bears and Eagles are in the playoffs. Uh, we can talk to Vic Fangio after this game. Let's just wait. And it just so happened, of course, that Chicago got bounced in that game. Um, and then he was the higher, right, with his death by inches pitch to John Elway and the rest is history. So things can change on a dime. I remember going, Zach, probably about three or four days, gearing up all the content, the conversations, everything toward – it's going to be Mike Munchak. 
contacting people that I knew in media in Tennessee to get more background on them, like just different things. Cause that is what it was looking like can change like that. It also reminds me, like I said, of the quarterback rumors last year. I think we were podcasting Chad when the news came out that it was a done deal quote unquote between the Broncos and green Bay for Aaron Rodgers, And then that flipped on its ear and the Broncos out of nowhere traded for Russell Wilson. It's all these reports and speculation and the headlines. It's good for us. Good for business. It's, it's fun. It's exciting, entertaining, but my God, is it tiring at the same time? I'm curious. Are you guys as fans? Cause this is something Zach and I and Scott, you know, this is what we do every day, all day long is covering all the news, the rumors, the articles, the reports, this, that, and the other on the Broncos. So for us, it's everyday stuff as fans. Are you as Zach's kind of hinting at here? Are you starting to feel a head coach rumor uh, fatigue? I want to hear in the comments, Garth Knight throwing down a super chat, another just very consistent supporter. We love you, big dog. He says, gentlemen, I'm getting excited. If they can't get Harbaugh, I'm leaning Caldwell. Number two, Peyton three, then Quinn. Look, the Broncos for breakfast dudes made the, Jim Caldwell pitch not to say they were advocating for him as the top solution but they were like why if you were going to hire him why would you hire Jim Caldwell as head coach and there are some redeeming qualities about him including Zach the fact that you know he's his offensive expertise and, and acumen and his ability to connect uh, with quarterbacks but I feel like there's multiple other options that I would go for well before I was surprised he even landed on the radar, to be frank with right. you, Zach. Like, exactly. I was surprised. I would tell you I was more surprised to hear that they're talking to Jim Caldwell than I was to even hear they were talking to David Shaw. So, um, but hey, there's no accounting for taste. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Garth, you like uh, Harbaugh, then Caldwell, then Peyton. I don't know why you would have Peyton three if for no other reason, I guess, than the fact that it's not just that you got to pay the man, but you also have to then mortgage your future again for what's supposed to be a franchise altering move, right? It's going to be, uh, I mean, you listen to Benjamin Albright, Zach, he's rarely wrong on these things. He's very embedded, not just in Denver, as far as NFL team sources, but like across the league, he's saying first round pick and then a lot more. It's not just a first round pick to get Sean Payton. So that really is a little bit of a rub. That really is Zach, a bit of a fly in the ointment. Even if he has become quote unquote, the front runner as uh, that recent report we talked about to open the show. Well, the Broncos went into the interview, which is set up for Tuesday morning in L.A., knowing what the draft compensation would be loosely. So they've maybe, you know, subconsciously agreed to giving up that compensation. It might not be a first-round pick. We don't know that yet, Chad. But, um, yeah, everyone, like you said, is entitled to their point of view with their opinion and their rankings of their head coaching candidates. I just feel like, though, if we're shopping for a car— and we go from a Ferrari dealership to a Lamborghini dealership, it would be very deflating to settle for a Honda. And that's what Jim Caldwell would be to me. I'm right there with you. I'm shocked he was even on the list. I'm wondering, was it a Rooney Rule thing, or do they have legitimate interest in his services? You mentioned him being well-regarded. If he's so well-regarded, how come he hasn't been in the league since 2019? I'm looking at his wiki right now. How come he's out of football? I, I just He does nothing for me, nothing personal against Jim Caldwell. I, I know what he did in Indianapolis. I know what he did in Detroit. I'm sure Peyton Manning would sign off on Jim Caldwell. My personal opinion, though, it's Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton, or bust, like you said earlier. It could simply be we're overthinking it on Jim Caldwell, and it really boils down to the fact that we know that the Broncos are uh, weighing experience as the as one of the most you know the biggest priorities in who they hire. They want a guy who this isn't their first time around. If unless they just get blown away in an interview, right? Which you got to expect they're at least being open to that as a possibility, even if they have their eye set already on a Harbaugh or a Peyton. But they don't want to be bamboozled by yet another rookie first-time head coach who talks a good game, gets installed, and then it all comes undone. So in that sense, you know, you've, you've got something there you can sink your teeth into with Jim Caldwell as far as his NFL resume. Patrick, thank you, big dog. Appreciate your support, the coffee, all of that, brother. You to man. You're a prince. Appreciate you. It's second nature for us at this point, Chad. It's like four yeah. head coach searches later. So, yeah, we've Dude. become very intimated with that process. And you, real quick before we get to Claude, this is the analogy I, I should have made because it's a lot better. Todd Moyer says, uh, one year as a kid, I wanted a snowboard for Christmas and got a typewriter. That's how I would feel if we got if we didn't get Harbaugh or, or Sean Payton and settle for a Jim Caldwell. 
Todd, did you become a, a writer at the very least? Hopefully you put that to good use. Just kidding. Claude, bro, big boy stars. Thank you very much, brother. He says, whoever it is has to be an improvement over Hackett. Go Broncos. Well, yeah, has to be is uh, no doubt about it. You, it, They got to make sure it's an upgrade over, over Hackett. But I can't imagine it being you, them even just like, you know, blindfolded, pick a guy who's a bona fide candidate, that person being worse than Hackett. Like Hackett really was an unprecedented creature as it relates to Broncos head coaching canon. I mean, you think back to. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, what he was given as far as, you know, hey, here's the keys to this muscle car. All right. And what he did with that muscle car, I mean, right out of the gates, all of the game management issues and the inability to um, call timeouts and just know which way the wind was blowing. It was like that right there was the biggest, oh, oh, crap, dude, to the point where it lasted through three games. Miraculously, they went two and one over those three games, right? That was like their most successful uh, period, oddly enough, Zach, on their schedule was their first three games in which he was like just completely torpedoing them with their, his inability to, to manage a game. But I digress here. Nathaniel Hackett, you can you can give him one out, Zach. You can give him one uh, argument to say, hey, I can understand why it wasn't a cakewalk out of the gates, and that is the injury issue. He did, he did have to deal with, as a first-time head coach, an absolute epidemic of injuries. And it wasn't just, you know, a lot of different guys getting banged up. We're talking like the studs of the team one by one, falling prey. So in that sense, it's a bummer. On the other hand, Zach, that's the NFL, right? Charge it to the game. Everyone else has to deal with injuries and still find a way to improvise and overcome. Hackett proved that he just didn't have the competency to even come close to doing that. Which what Hackett did was take that muscle car and drive 25 miles an hour in the fast lane. That was Hackett as a head coach, and it's, it's not going to cut it at the NFL level. You 25 know, miles an hour bumping into the side and bump like this, but just yeah, at 25. Breaking every two seconds, one of those drivers, Chad, that I just cannot stand at all. Um, the injury excuse doesn't really fly for me personally because even in week two, the opposing or the home fans, excuse me, were counting down the play clock. That's not injuries. And even when the team was healthy, Chad, except for Tim Patrick, they look exactly like they did over the course of the season. Then you pull in 68-year-old, however however old he is, Jerry Rosberg, out of retirement off the street. He has no affiliation to the Broncos. He has no familiarity with the organization. And he comes in and looks like a stabilizing force. You are either a leader or you're not. You're either head coaching material or you're not. You can't learn it. You can't buy it. You can't inherit it. You're you're born with it or you're not. It's as simple as that. You know, I, if this were a different time, I would be curious and interested in the possibility of a D'Amico Ryan's uh, – regime but you just can't afford after three straight failed head coaches to roll the dice you need as and it's the league so and and as we know in the league nothing is promised nothing is given all right uh you can't there's no guarantees but you got to try and get the closest thing you can to that from a coaching perspective and when you look at this list of candidates right now it's harbaugh it's peyton those are those two closest things and honestly, if we're looking for the G, right, we're looking for the guarantee, the closest thing that you can get in an imperfect NFL universe, I still err on the side a little bit more of Jim Harbaugh just because the one thing that bothers me a little bit, and yes, by the way, uh, Sean Payton is under contract with the Saints through 2024. 
so this year, next year, then you wouldn't have to barter with the Saints for his rights. But um, I digress here. Sean Payton, the one thing that bothers me a little bit about him in the back of my mind, and we, we would talk about these type of things, by the way, Zach, a year ago with, with Nathaniel Hackett or this coach or that coach when they were on the hunt, different things that kind of nag at your subconscious. What it is for me with Sean Payton, and it could end up being nothing, but what it is for me is he literally had a Hall of Fame quarterback his entire tenure uh, in New Orleans with the exception of his final season. And there were times where New Orleans would win six, seven, eight games, miss the playoffs. Then they'd be a two or three year in a row juggernaut. Then they'd be crap. And, you know, bona fide stud quarterbacks, like future hall of famers, like you look at Peyton Manning, you look at Tom Brady, they didn't have those type of seasons, right? They didn't have the five and 11s Um, out. Once they hit their critical mass, that was it. Like they, there was no looking back, but the flip side of that coin, Zach is there are plenty of NFL quarterbacks in hall of fame canon who did have those type of experiences as Drew Brees did with Sean Payton. Like John Elway is a good example of that where he's winning MVPs and going to the soup, three Super Bowls in the eighties. Then he, he presides over a couple of losing seasons in the early nineties, the Wade Phillips era, the, the end of the Dan Reeves thing. And then all of a sudden, kaboom, right? Mike Shanahan and he, he ends up on top. So it's not like the, an absolute is my point here, but the fact that Sean Payton you know, it's like what happened with the Packers this year. That was the exception that proves the rule on the whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Like, he doesn't miss the playoffs with very few exceptions. And those, and it has to be specific stars aligning for an Aaron Rodgers team or anything like that to miss. But they would, there was quite often that the Saints would miss the playoffs with a Peyton and Drewby's uh, Breeze chicken combo. Yeah, a lot of people talk about that he should have won more with Drew Brees. Only one Super Bowl wasn't enough. If we're judging on that criteria, then just hire Jim Caldwell because he won two Super Bowls uh, over the course of his career. So I, I wouldn't look to that necessarily as the barometer. I don't like the compensation, though. Obviously, if it's going to be a first-round pick, third, whatever, I don't like having to give up draft picks to hire a head coach. But knowing the Broncos, Chad, because he's only under contract through 24, what they're going to do if they do hire him is extend him right away, give him you know five years and, and whatever else and pay him a lot of money and make him the richest coach in history. But he is. No doubt about it. One of the brightest, sharpest offensive minds of this generation. He made a lot of hay and a lot of chicken salad with a shorter quarterback. And he's also an adult in the room that can command a locker room. He checks every major box I have. And I'm sure Greg Penner has. Does this make sense to you? What, what Scott's saying that the idea of giving up a first round pick for Sean Payton for a coach, he says, is it easier to stomach when you think of it as a player instead of the hopes and dreams of a draft pick? For example, if you, if you were to say, all right, we're trading Bradley Chubb, Montreal Washington, and Nick Benito for Sean Payton, each of whom represented a first, second, fifth-round pick, respectively. Would that be easier to stomach? Yeah, yeah. If you if it boils down to those players, but we don't have the benefit of hindsight. You can easily say it's Patrick Sertan, Javante Williams, and who was a fifth-round pick that that turned out well for the Broncos. I don't know. Yeah, I Danny, mean, no, Danny was a. I think Trevathan was a fifth or was, no, he was a sixth. I think Malik Jackson was a fifth for what it's worth. There you go then. So I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a cost of, is this guy going to put you over the edge? And if that's the case, if you have a 110% conviction, then yeah, go out and trade a first round pick, but you need O-line help to, to enhance Sean Payton's offense. You need, you know, um, another receiver to help out the quarterback that Sean Payton will be working with. So you're taking from one and giving to the other. I, I don't know how I'd feel about that, but, We'll see what happens. You know, the other thing to consider here, well, let me put a pin in this just for a sec. Grab Garth Knight. We don't like to keep our Super Chat superstars waiting if we can avoid it. He says, I love Hackett as a person, but the dumpster fire he presided over was reminiscent of his father's uh, non-full season at USC before Pete Carroll took the job. Oddly, yeah, you're right. Very, uh, very similar vibes. And I'm sure he's a great guy, but that doesn't really factor in all that much when uh, – you know, it's like, oh, we we failed to your your family's starving. It's winter. You know, your hunter gatherer, you go out to find a, a deer to bring home meat because you don't want your family to starve and you fail. But you all just curl up in the corner and go, let's just die because at least we know dad was a good guy. Doesn't serve anybody, doesn't help anybody, doesn't make any kind of a difference. So the NFL is the ultimate production based business. What I'm getting at here, Zach, and he just doesn't produce. So all those cool things about him that 
you know, like his rad movie quotes, the stepbrothers thing and his kind of quirky personality. Um, I'm actually reminded, Zach, of a of a scene from Step Brothers where they go and Seth Rogen is doing is hosting an interview and they go as a tandem and one of them uh, cuts a, a, a breaks wind. Right. And he go, they went from killing it in the interview. The guy's really liking their their quirky kind of tan, tag team thing. Then all of a sudden that happens and he, everything now that they said looks back on hindsight that changed the complexion. Now it's kind of messed up. Same thing with Nathaniel Hackett, Zach, his quirkiness at the time. It's like, oh, this is kind of cute. This is this and that. And then when you look back in hindsight, you realize, oh, it actually was kind of messed up. Name another Broncos podcast where they're dropping Hunter Gatherer. I mean, only here will you get that type <laughs> of insight and type of relatability. Uh, definitely a good point. And, you know, in a previous life, when I closely followed the Jets, I shall say, Paul Hackett, uh, Nathaniel Hackett's father was the OC. And I tried to warn y'all, if there's going to be any way that he doesn't work out Nathaniel, it's because he's like his dad and he was tenfold worse. So I'm glad we don't have to talk about him anymore about him being the head coach of the Broncos anyway. Oh, here's another interesting thing to consider. Um, actually I'll grab I'll, this is the second time it's thrown me off my train of thought, but I will come back to it. Cause we don't want to keep David waiting. He says, and thank you, David, very generous of you, big dog. Much love to you. Been with us a long time. It's great to have you in the community. He says, do you guys think that we will hire a head coach soon? And also, uh, once we do, do you think they will be active in free agency and trades or getting more picks for the draft? I think that your head coach hire decision is going to come sometime next week. It's probably like middle to end of next week is when I predict uh, that's going to happen, Zach. And um, depends on who they hire as far as how active they're going to be, right? Not necessarily in free agency, but like with – how hot and heavy it becomes trying to accumulate draft picks. Like if you end up trading for Sean Payton, then yeah, you're going to have to get busy trying to give yourself something in the draft. But then again, Zach, you know, if you look at who the Broncos are getting back from injured reserve, I mean, that's like two first round, uh, two full drafts of first round picks, you know, basically that's how many guys they were missing this year. Yeah. I mean, um, they can't, talk to Peyton. They have an interview scheduled for Tuesday. I believe the same day they're going to interview Raheem Morris, the uh, Rams DC in LA as well. After that, they want to talk with D'Amico Ryans and Dan Quinn. They can't do that until Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. So I'm with Chad. I think sometimes we'll, we'll have a clearer picture as to who the front runner is or front runners. I thought as of last night, they could even cancel the Sean Payton interview, Chad, because of Jim Harbaugh and the David Shaw connection. But now it's looking like Jim Harbaugh, maybe, maybe staying at Michigan and the Broncos are the early front runner for Sean Payton. But then we have to factor in second rounds of interviews as well. I'd be hard pressed to believe that a business type like Greg Penner and, and Rob Walton, Carrie Penner would only have one round of interviews before they settle on the head coach. So it could be two weeks, but I think this time next week we'll have a much clearer idea of who the next head coach could be. Lady D throwing down a top rope super chat. We love you, Deanna. Thank you, Deanna. Thank you so much. And by the way, I received notification that your Jersey was delivered. So don't forget to send us that selfie so that we can put it on Twitter and Instagram and give you the flex as the winner of the Jersey uh, from the month of December. But Deanna, thank you so much. We love you. We appreciate you. Uh, Greg also saying, Hey, Denver Broncos for life. Lady D Zach, the precedent of, when we talk about how has it worked out for NFL teams who have traded to acquire a coveted head coach worked out pretty well um, with, with John Gruden, right? The, the Raiders, traded him to Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay, that very first season, won a Super Bowl against his old team. I mean, it was like the, the biggest outlier of all outliers. Not only did they go on to win the Super Bowl in year one, but he beats they beat his old team. I'm trying to recall, though, the precedent in the history of the Belichick trade, the Parcells was involved in a trade, if I'm remembering this right. That's like the recent 25 years of NFL canon – those are the only examples of it really happening. Do you remember this from the AFC East? Yeah, the Belichick trade um, was actually going to, I think, netted them two first-round picks or three first-round picks. It was a different time, but uh, it, it was a costly trade. So there is precedent, though it's not exceedingly you know, a popular move to make. Usually a coach is hired outright, and their rights aren't under contract with, with another team. But 
That's what we're hearing right now, that the Saints would be steadfast in holding out for a first-rounder, a second-rounder, and then a package of mid-round picks. And that would be a bridge too far for the Broncos, Chad, considering they don't have a second-round pick this year. So I'm not muted right now, am I? No. Okay. So sorry, I'm staying on the screen real quick. Obviously, we know how it worked out with Bill Belichick when the New York Jets traded him to the New England Patriots, went on to establish two separate dynasties. Worked out quite well for New England, all right? And I was going to read this this article, but it's being – it's like freezing my screen. I actually might have to come out and come back in here. Uh, But as long as you can still hear me, I'll just wait till this thing dies on its own. But – and now I'm back to the screen, so that's good. But I don't know how the Bill Parcells one shook out. Scott, do you remember that at all? I guess I better look at the chat because there is is a message here from – audio is good, freezing up. Yeah, it was because I tried to open a – article i shouldn't have uh victor's gaming what's up brother appreciate you bro he says how likely is a Cortland sutton trade what do you think Zach? i think it's more likely than a jerry judy trade or a tim patrick trade though i would prefer you're going to have an offensive minded coach more than likely you have russell wilson in year two uh much better supporting cast and o-line i'd like to see what the full-bodied receiving core could do and what i mean by that is sutton judy patrick on the field at the same time they might part ways with kj hamler but um, I would maybe look to keep Sutton if I could. But then again, Chad, he really hasn't been the player he was before that knee injury. And not only that, he looks lazy and unmotivated and like he doesn't really care to be out there. He's not making the same uh, plays anymore, the same jump ball, contested catches. So if there's a good offer on the table, if they can get a second round pick and clear that salary off the books, I would take a look at doing that. But if I had my druthers, I want to see what the offense can do at full capacity. So real quick, just so I can finish this train of thought. Okay, Bill Parcells, uh, New England Patriots, trade him to the New York Jets in 97. This is what's weird about those two trades is they both happened in division, right? So Bill Parcells, Patriots, trade him to the Jets, 97. uh, And then two years later, uh, Bill Belichick gets traded to the Patriots. Kind of weird. So it didn't really work out for the Jets, the Parcells thing, but the – Belichick trade, the Gruden trade. So that's two out of three, Zach, in recent canon, which bodes well for Sean Payton potentially working out as a Broncos um, head coach. Bill Parcells, here's Scott. He says he never replicated his success uh, that he had in New York. Huge ego, wanted to be the GM too, one of the first. Yeah, and then he went on and did that in Dallas too to uh, <laughs> lackluster. That's so true, Scott. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. Um, okay, so. Back to the chat. Sorry, I just wanted to I just wanted to finish that thought. Garth saying with a super chat. Thank you, brother. He says Chad's analogy was cold blooded. I'm gonna strip down, grab a spear, and head to the supermarket where I'll spear a prime rib from the cold case. Well, I'm just saying that when the when the chips are down, uh, and it's a it's a critical situation or a situation wherein something has to be produced, the character of the guy in terms of is he a good guy, is he funny, you know, is he uh conscientious all these things go out the window if he's unable to provide and produce in that moment same thing goes for what we're talking about here with nathaniel hackett being players coach or a guy that coach that players loved and kind of quirky and you know quoting movies this and that that's all fun if it's rocking and rolling for you but if it's not it serves you it doesn't matter it's fun if you're winning but when you're losing like the broncos did it gets old really fast and i've mentioned before there's different levels of being a player's coach You can be a player's coach and joke around with them and hug them if you want, but also get on them and drop the hammer when you have to. And Nathaniel Hackett never did that. He was a five-letter word. I'm not going to repeat on these airwaves, Chad, that I think you know. It's a synonym for coward. And that's what, to me, he was as a head coach. Nothing personal against Hackett. Seems like a really good guy, a guy you want to have a beer with, talk NFL with, but not a head coach. Probably a guy you want to talk like, hey, rank your star wars movies that's the guy you want to have a conversation with all right uh michael ronquillo bro says jim harbaugh is my choice i'm just excited for a hard-nosed coach that can take over the broncos with toughness and accountability and not let russ get away with anything if he starts messing up again etc yeah that could be uh i love it dude that's exactly what we're talking about a guy that is equal parts no nonsense gonna instill a physical kind of brass tacks, back-to-basics, fundamental approach to the entire team. And he's a former quarterback. He's, uh, you know, 
West Coast offense type guy that is also unafraid and has shown an ability to kind of adapt uh, as things progress offensively in football. James Moss, what's up, bro? He says, feel like the anticipation of waiting to see who our next coach is, that that's more stressful than seeing who we're going to draft. Do you find that to be, Zach, my more stressful proposition, seeing who the head coach is as opposed to all the anticipation, speculation on a first-round pick? We were chilling last year in Vegas because the Broncos did not have a first-round pick, so it was pretty boring. I would have rather been stressed sitting there in that workroom than just uh, you know eating and, and killing time. But um, it's stressful because there's a lot of anticipation in this cycle. The Broncos have to get it right, first and foremost. They've been out of the playoffs way too long had a losing record way too long, and you're flirting with two of the biggest names in the coaching world in Jim Harbaugh and Sean Payton. I feel like that's why it's more stressful, at least compared to last year when the names were Hackett, Dan Quinn, uh, and a bunch of you know people we didn't know would succeed like Kevin O'Connell, Mike McDaniel. And before that, you know, you're going back to 2017 when the Broncos' choices were, regrettably, VJ, Kyle Shanahan, who no one really knew how he would turn out, and Dave Taub. This year, when you throw in Harbaugh and Sean Payton to the equation, uh, things get interesting, but they also get kind of nerve-wracking as well. Lady D, number two tonight, throwing down. She says, got my jersey today. Super awesome. Thank you so much. The schedule uh, schedule is crazy. I will get a pick Saturday. You guys are epic. MHH for life. Glad to hear it. Awesome. Awesome. Can't wait to see it. Uh, it's going to be a gas. And thank you so much, Lady D, helping us keep the lights on here at MHH Central. Um, all right, let's see. We're at 43 minutes coming up on. All right, let me see. Uh, let's do a quick, Hey Keith, appreciate you, buddy. Appreciate you being with us and the kind words. Um, I see a few comments that are like, Hey, you guys were this excited about Nathaniel Hackett last year. Remember who was it guys? That's the thing you got to remember. Um, there were some doubts, uh, that I had about Nathaniel Hackett relative to just never called, wasn't a play caller at his previous stop that was basically you know here's my resume the best thing on my resume and the most recent thing is why i'm getting hired and at that most recent thing i wasn't calling plays but the the level the level at which he uh failed to launch i mean not too many people saw that coming but i'll admit and that's one of the things i i hope you guys understand separates us from a lot of our uh, co contemporaries in this business is we're not going to hide or run from it when we had a take that is wrong or we predicted this and it ended up being that or whatever. We're going to tell you if we got it wrong. And just like George Payton, we got it wrong with Nathaniel Hackett. But what did we learn from that? That's the key. How do you learn from that? How do you how do you make sure that never happens again and improve from that? And, you know, we're not involved, Zach, obviously, in those conversations at Dove Valley, making sure that it doesn't happen again. But we're hoping that there was a lot of material there that the Walton Penner group, that George Payton, that everyone involved in this new hire is able to use as intelligence to make sure it does not happen again. I mean, if it wasn't for Urban Meyer, Nathaniel Hackett would go down as the worst head coach, arguably, in NFL history. Who could have predicted that? You know, I admit I was wrong. I'll say it on Front Street. I was wrong about Hackett. I got that wrong. I advocated for the wrong guy. And I was really impressed and swayed by, and so was George Payton, by the way, about Hackett's fire and energy and passion and his love for the game, an offensive mind, a younger guy. He checked all the boxes for me at that time. But I even said there's going to be bumps, there's going to be bruises, there's going to be hiccups, it's going to be a roller coaster. It wasn't going to be, you know, uh, perfectly smooth, but no one. No one could have foreseen, least of all George Payton, least of all us who cover the team professionally every day, how bad Hackett was in actuality. So you're right, Chad. When we're wrong, we'll be up here and say we're wrong, but we're far from the only ones who got the Hackett hire wrong. How rad would it be, to segue a little bit, to have a head coach who on a given game day is a risk to get into a fist fight with the opposing head coach? <laughs> Jim Harbaugh, like that level of intensity, that level of alpha swagger, like how dope would that be to have that back in the building for the Denver Broncos? Like that's just something that um, I hope they – I hope that's my 1A still is Jim Harbaugh. Okay. Now, in uh, if we rewind it a year, my I can't remember exactly off the top of my head. It was probably Hackett. Um, so assuming that, I'll say 1A was Hackett, 1B was O'Connell. 
you look at O'Connell, what he went on to do, 13 and 4, Minnesota Vikings, they win the NFC North. Ouch, that just makes the comparison even worse in terms of the decision that was made a year ago. Uh, but, oh boy, jumping in, Josh, what's up, brother? Saying, as fun as the head coach gossip is, I'm more concerned with our offensive line. And I'm curious to see how we approach the situation. Your thoughts, gents. Hashtag no 60 bus. Hashtag only the cool kids know the rancid references. Hashtag love you, big dog. Um, that's a question, Zach, that gets answered with aplomb. If John, if John, if Jim Harbaugh is your head coaching hire, because that's just what he does. I think regardless, you have to enhance the O-line, whether it's an offensive coach or a defensive mind like Dan Quinn. Everyone saw how many times Russell Wilson got sacked and pressured and hurried. I mean, the ball was snapped and he had a guy in his lap. And that's not him holding on to the ball too long. He did that a lot as well. But he had terrible O-line play from week one. So my answer to that question, Josh, is I'm devoting – all the resources I can, all the not all the draft picks, but my high-round draft picks, I am looking to draft a new right tackle and or sign a new left guard, a new center, and maybe even a left tackle. There is one guy who should come back on a starting basis, and that's Quinn Miners. The rest of the O-line, to me, is up for grabs heading into this offseason. I would, I would include Garrett Bowles on that. It's just that he wasn't around the majority of the season. I'm trying to remember what week it was he went down, but... I would say he missed a little over half the season is how I'd remember it. But um, Wilson loves him. And I don't know if it's because Bolsey, you know, he's kind of like that quintessential old school, I'm your blindside protector, you know, follow me into the breach type thing, like where he, I don't know, he just goes to bat for him literally when they're on the, on the, the gridiron, right. He's going to protect, etc. And then also, on social media, the things he said in the locker room, Zach, on Monday as they were cleaning yeah. things out. Maybe well, that's why he loves Garrett Bowles so much. But Garrett Bowles, you think he's on uh, – you think that Garrett Bowles could be a guy out the door, maybe traded or something? Garrett Bowles also said before the season, Russell Wilson is not going to get hit here. And how'd that work out for Russell Wilson? He ended the season with three different injuries. And as Scott said in the comments, you can save $10 million on, on the cap if Bowles is moved. Uh, he's safe-ish, but not completely. If they want to move on and clear some cap and get a draft pick back, I, I would not be completely opposed to that. You maybe go out and sign someone like Orlando Brown, uh, the Chiefs. He has versatility. He can play right or left tackle, and then you go out and draft the other guy on the other side. So I would, if he wants to come back, Bowles, if they bring him back, fine. But my point is you need at least, at least three new starters on the O-line and probably three main backups behind them. What's your prediction for – how things play out with Dalton Reisner. Gone. Unrestricted free agent. Gone. I wouldn't have brought him back even with that side without that sideline uh tantrum with Brett Rippon. He was not good at all. He was downright terrible and he hasn't been good since his rookie year. I am moving the hell on from yeah. Dalton Reisner. Just never worked out here. And I don't know if it's because you know the Broncos liked him. It's it's bizarre. He's a guy that's career tackle at Kansas State. Most of his time spent at right tackle. In that position, doesn't relinquish a sack. Off the top of my head, it was like his last two years at Kansas State, starting every game, he did not relinquish a sack. And they moved him. You know, you look at his measurements. Nick probably has these things memorized for what it's worth. But uh, his arm length, usually when a guy gets moved from tackle to inside, a team likes him more inside than out. It's because some of those, you know, the the mock draftables, some of the traits, some of the measurements, the whatever, aren't fitting a specific prototype. In the case of Dalton Reisner, Zach, right out of the gates, the Broncos wanted him at guard. And I wonder wherever he ends up next, if that's the way all NFL teams view him, or if maybe he just had kind of, he was just kind of pegged wrong by the Broncos, keeping him at left guard. Maybe he should have been a guy because he on the edge, because he's a guy that is athletic and I, he did well at that position in Kansas State. And I get it. There's a big difference between the, the bigs and, and Kansas State. But I always, when we'd have these questions in the offseason, like pre predicting and or projecting and kind of uh, speculating what changes could come on an offensive line, with the instability at right tackle, he was a name I would always throw out there. Like, why don't they consider him at right tackle? I mean, look at who they're trotting out at right tackle. Why don't you try Dalton Reisner, uh, who was excellent at that position in college? 
I, I think because he's getting dog walked uh, on an annual basis, a weekly basis by opposing defensive tackles at guard. I can only imagine him being left on an island in space to tackle Chad. He get beat off the edge, I think, fairly quick. But you're right. It's worth the shot when you're starting the likes of Billy Turner, Tom Compton, Calvin Anderson, Cameron Fleming. To me, though, Dalton Reisner just hasn't been it, and you can't even point to the system because if you can't cut it with Mike Munchak, arguably the greatest O-line coach in history, I don't know what future you have at the NFL level as a starter anyway. Indeed. Uh, and you know what? It's water that's under the bridge now. I mean, he's gone. I'd be, I agree with you. I'd be shocked if the Broncos uh, did anything more than, hey, Dalton, we, I'm Dalton. Hey, we tested the market, found an offer for X amount, and the Broncos go, oh, okay, cool. Well, we'd maybe consider bringing you back for like half of that. But even that, Zach, I don't see happening. I think he kind of – Denver just – look, it's great. Great story, the fact that he's a Wiggins boy. He's local, all that stuff. But he just wasn't a, a good fit, wasn't a good performer. And what was especially ironic about Dalton Reisner is maybe because of the local boy stuff, it, it was kind of looked past. But he exactly. just wasn't a good performer, and yet he was talked about as if he he was kind of viewed and the the, the way he was – spoken about by media, everything. It was almost like we're talking about a perennial all-pro here. He just, outside of a solid rookie year, the ensuing three seasons from Dalton Reisner were utterly uh, forgettable. Let me just put it that way. Yeah, you bring up the Colorado connection, and that you're right, and I've mentioned that before as well. It clouds a lot of Broncos fans' judgment, and it, it worked also to an extent with Philip Lindsay, even though I think Lindsay has way more talent uh, as a running back than Reisner has as a guard. But, you know, I put a video out there in October. I can't remember what game it was exactly, but you watch Cushenberry at the time and Reisner attempt to block. And by attempt, I mean they literally – this is what Reisner did. He spun around, had no idea that his quarterback was on his back with a 300-pound defensive tackle draped all over him. When I saw that, and based on how the last couple of seasons have went, I am so ready – to move on from Dalton Reisner and get a real road grading mauling guard out there protecting Russell Wilson. Zach and I might disagree a little bit. I see people asking specifically, who are you bringing back? We addressed it just a few minutes ago. Well, Zach did. Here's who I would bring back on the offensive line. Quinn Miners, for sure. Garrett Bowles, for sure. And then I would consider re-signing Cam Fleming. All right. Uh, Again, on a relative team cheap type thing as a, you know, break glass in case of emergency type of situation, not as a pencil him in as a starter, but he was more solid than he, he was given credit, even though there were some ugly moments, especially in pass protection. But as a run blocker in particular, he was really good. So if you could have that as like a fail safe, fail safe, Fleming's the only other guy. Then you look at some of the guys that um, have been developmental. There's really only one now that Natani Muti was traded, Zach, and that's uh, the guy you spent a sixth-round pick. Was it a sixth-round pick last year? Um, uh, Luke Wattenberg last year. At least bring him into camp and see if he can jive with whatever the new scheme is that the head coach, the new head coach brings in. Yeah, I interpreted this question to mean which free agents with the Broncos on the O-line consider bringing back, and not just the players in general. Obviously, um, Wattenberg is coming back because he's under contract, and um, – Garrett Bowles, I wouldn't mind if he's a left tackle. I could I could overlook that, and Quinn Miners, obviously, will be the mainstay at right guard. But beyond that, I'm not re-signing. I'm looking at spot track right now. I'm not bringing back Cameron Fleming. That To me, those kind of guys are a dime a dozen. He's going on 31. You can do a lot better. I'm not re-signing Calvin Anderson. I'm not re-signing something named Will Sherman. I am completely restocking that cupboard with younger or more powerful and more talented offensive linemen. It has to be a huge point of emphasis, regardless of who you agree or disagree to bring back. Um, that has to be a huge point of emphasis for the Broncos this offseason in terms of what resources do you have to build the roster and fill holes? Well, you've got salary cap dollars and you've got draft picks. A good chunk of that has to go towards rebuilding the O-line. Garth, thank you, dude. Again, wow, bro. He says, thank I've you. been in a lot of NFL chats. Never seen one as supported as this one is, and deservedly so. Do I have to be a top five supporter in the month to get in the raffle for a jersey? Yeah, the way it currently stands, Garth, top five finishers, that's a cumulative thing. But, bro, 
send us an email and we'll send you a little care package. Okay. You're consistently supportive. And we don't, by the way, mile high huddle at Gmail address, t-shirt size, send it to us, bud. But uh, we fully recognize that our chat and what we do here is unique and special. And um, I mean, even YouTube told us that um, we're grateful. It's I think together what Zach and I do what with, with Scott in com- combination with y'all. All right. That, that chemistry we have as one big unit from the community to the guys talking on the, on the microphones, there's just something special, a chemistry that we create here that is very unique to MHH, and we treasure it here. Garth, you're a big part of that big dog, so don't forget, send us an email. We'll send you a little care package out, regardless of how the top five finishes in January. I absolutely consider myself fully blessed to work alongside Chad, work alongside Scott, and to most importantly interact with y'all at least three days a week. Chad and I talk about it all the time. We're here because of you. We pinch ourselves because of what we get to do day in and day out. And I'll say it like I've said it a billion times before. This is the best fan base in the entire world. And Garth, you're definitely a big part of that. Thank you. And by the way, last thing on on the O-line, and then we're going to get out of here, unless you guys have anything burning left on your mind. Uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, all right? This is his uh, – he's going into year four, right? Wasn't he a 2020? Yeah, so are you at least bringing him into camp and letting him compete? Or are you just saying he's a guy I'm cutting out of, like, out of hand? That would depend who the coach is and who the O-line coach is. I, I thought that maybe Cushenberry would thrive under a zone scheme like Butch Berry had, but as we saw, no one thrived under Butch Berry, so I don't know how much of that was Cushenberry. He's not strong enough. He's not powerful enough to succeed consistently at this level. If you, ha- I don't have the – I do have it in front of me, but it will take forever. I don't know why Spot Track loads so it's so slow. slow. I know. Scott, what would the cap savings be on Cushenberry? If they made them, you know, post June first cut, let's say, because I'm probably moving on. If you held a gun to my head, I can't imagine it'd be too much. If it's any, if it's a penny savings, I'm taking it. Third round pick, uh, something like that. Tanner, bro, one point one million. Yeah, savings. I'm taking that. Savings, yeah, on Kush. Uh, Tanner, bro, thank you so much for the super chat. Just jumping in, he says eleventh hour, showing some love. Very generous of you, my dog. And this is what we're talking about. You know, Tanner knows as well as anybody. He looks at the clock. He sees, okay, they're about done. Uh, But he still throws down a super. And this is this is how uh, we know we are blessed. And so we just hope in some small way what we do is uh, making a difference for you guys, even if it's as simple as making sense of the of the news every single day as it relates to your team or if it goes above and beyond that. But we're just grateful to have each and every one of you and Tanner. You rock. It was yet another losing season. It's yet another coaching search, but I would rather be nowhere except podcasting alongside my boy, Chad, and talking to each and every one of you. So, Tanner, thank you so much. But, guys, we're going to dip on out of here. All right? Love you. Don't leave quite yet, though. We got a few messages for you. Thank you all for tuning in with us tonight on the last weekday Mile High Huddle podcast until the weekend. Obviously, if you haven't followed us on Twitter, be sure you are at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad's at Chad and Jensen. Uh, Myself is at Kelberman NFL. And Scott is at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like we're rocking right now, as you see, go to huddleuppod.com and check out our inventory. If you haven't, also go to facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. And guys and gals, if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that sweet, sweet merch each and every month. But if anything, guys, please, 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 it's paramount that you subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. All right, baby. Uh, Mike, appreciate you, bro. Really, we do. Shout out to these great Super Chat superstars tonight. David Wilder, Michaela Israel, the Aviator, Shane Daniels, Taylor Christensen, Garth Knight, David Kilgore, Deanna Hendry, a.k.a. Lady D, Victor's Gaming, James Moss, Josh the Oi Boy, uh, and Tanner. Much love and respect. And then on Facebook, we've got Phil McLaughlin, we got Claude Riley, we got Michael Ronquillo. Thank you, guys. Love you. We will be back Sunday night, so uh, we'll talk to you then. But don't forget, tomorrow you've got some Legends of Mile High on the Bright with Thomas Hall. You've got Dove Valley Deep Divers, 
And then Saturdays have been, they're back on the menu now for MHH on the podcast, the new show, Orange and Blue View with Thomas Hall and Ron White. Don't miss that Saturday nights. They need you right now. People thought, ah, oh, Saturdays are gone. They kind of stopped paying attention to what we're doing on Saturdays. Well, it's back. Those boys need your support. Help them grow. Give them some love. Show them some support Saturday nights. God bless you, Leadhead. God bless each and every one of you that's interacted with us. We're off until Sunday night. Have a great ending to your week and start to your weekend. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.